Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com this podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Lewis, Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Daniel, and a Happy New Year to you. How's your break? My break was great. I, I spent a, a, a quite uh, a long time at my in-laws' house and it was absolutely delightful. They live in a nice part of the world and I got to relax and also put together the best of show for 2021 from Irrational Fear with all the sketches, or rather the sketch compile show, not the best of show, uh, just a, a compile of all the sketches. But, Lewis, we had a, a major problem with that particular show. Um, it was it was hosted by Alan Jones, uh, a.k.a. Uh-huh. me, and when I put out the show to the email list that we <laughs> we put out a show hosted by Alan Jones, uh, we lost about 30 to 40 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we Which had is about- a, a coincidentally the exact amount of subscribers that Alan Jones has to his new show. Exactly, yeah, exa- exactly. And I think we lost about eight Patreon subscribers as well. So it was a devastating devastating loss uh, financially to the to the Would show. Would you do it again? Probably, yeah. No, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the show was really good. It was a really excellent hour. So if you are new to the podcast, go back one episode and listen to the best of 2021 sketches and it is a really great synopsis of all the shit that happened in the year. Uh, Lewis, uh, how was your break? It was good. It was pretty good. Yeah, I did uh, a week in Victoria with my family, which was lovely. A uh, week with my girlfriend's family in Queensland, which was cyclonic. Uh, and then um, I came back to uh, the, the Great Plague State, New South Wales, and I've just been ducking and weaving for a week. It is great to be here. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Euro Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, after the success of Wordle, the federal government is launching its own four-letter guessing game. Fuck all. And New South Wales reaches 92,264 cases of COVID a day, and that's just in Dominic Perrottet's family alone. And the Australian Republican movement has moved to a popular elect platform. Goodbye, Queen Elizabeth. Say hello to King Wally Lewis. It's the 14th of January, 2022, and this is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former Vice Chairman of the Federal Reserve, Dan Illich, and this is the show... Irrational fear. Yes, we are back for another year. It's our 10th year of operation. And just like a fine wine, if this is your first sample of us, you'll probably think we are a little bit corked. Uh, so let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's a Gomorrah woman and a prominent smart aleck who has a podcast all about Indigenous parenting and making fun of crystal-toting hippies that smell like patchouli and unwashed feet. It's Pepper Smith. Welcome, Pepper. Hey, Dan. What have you got against patchouli and unwashed feet? What's wrong? What's wrong with oh, this? Dude, my kids went to a Steiner school for a while and um, I met some interesting characters, I might say. I understand that Steiner schools have a very essential oils-based curriculum. <laughs> yeah. And he is a podcaster, writer and artist. He's the founder of Awesome Black and the creator of the first Aboriginal NFT. And he has the honour of being the only guest on Irrational Fear to have received a cease and desist letter from TAFE New South Wales. It's Travis DeVries. Welcome, Travis. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. I love this story about how you got a cease and desist letter from from, uh, from TAFE New South Wales. Could you tell us a little bit about, like, what it takes to piss off the state of New South Wales? I'm, I'm not allowed South to talk Wales. about it. I'll get another one. Is that true? No way! No, 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 I am, I am, I am. Wouldn't that be, that would be the best thing ever? Gag order from TAFE New South Wales. Um, they're, they're, the lawyers are listening into this as we speak. Uh, I uh, I made a, um, a, a one of those viral memes, but we're not allowed to say viral at the moment. Just one of those <laughs> regular memes that uh, did some numbers with a picture of myself uh, and a picture of my dad smiling very nicely, uh, uh, advertising a TAFE New South Wales course uh, for Certificate 4 in Aboriginal Eldership. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they apparently they got phone calls and people were... Both signing up and also not happy. Oh, they were you, signing up. They were signing up. You're actually changing the culture. People want to know how to become an Aboriginal elder. <laughs> uh, if, if you subscribe to my Patreon, you get a certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know the breakdown of who was signing up. Like how many people were actually like Aboriginal Australians and how many were just people being like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do Welcome to Country at the Olympics. TAFE's <laughs> got to have those numbers, Lewis. I'm sure that we can get the data <laughs> if they'll pick up the phone for me. If we know anything, well, I don't know, Travis. I don't know if you know this. The New South Wales government aren't very good with numbers uh, at the moment. <laughs> and finally, it is a man who installed his own outdoor shower from a future episode of The Block. It's Lewis Hobber. Lewis. Yeah. yeah putting in I, outdoor um, showers I'm, these days. Yeah. I, uh, I saw, I see the way that the media is declining and uh, it's plumbing. I, it's, I actually, I'm hoping to uh, get involved in New South Wales TAFE so I can go back to school and um, 
and get a double degree in plumbing and Aboriginal eldership. (laughs) Travis can help you out. He's got the connections. Coming up a little later, we'll be talking more about Patreon and how cannabis can solve COVID. But first, here is a word from this week's sponsor. The New South Wales government is changing the way it's counting coronavirus cases because we only learned how to count up to 50,000. 49,999. 50,000. From today, if you have symptoms of coronavirus, you'll have to acquire a rapid antigen test through a series of physical challenges in your local district. 50, um... The winner of each district will battle it out for the title of state champion who will then be given one rapid antigen test. 50,000 and... um... If that person tests positive, they will then be added to the daily count. We've got one more. That's 50,000 plus one. And if you don't report your positive test result, you will be shot. Oh my God, maths is so hot. From all of us at the New South Wales Government, may the odds be ever in your favour. This week's first fear, COVID-19 has caused huge global supply chain problems all over the world, affecting pretty much everything. Uh, There's been shortages of building supplies. In some states, there's shortages of medical equipment. And on a federal level, there's complete lack of leadership. Um, It's amazing. Uh, But as Domicron takes over Australia, there is a serious supply problem that is affecting everyday Australians. Pepper Smith, would you say that this is a bit of a zinger of a problem? (laughs) It's. So it's an issue that's absolutely devastated me, absolutely gutted. I've got some thoughts that I've written down on the issue that I would like to share. Please do. In the last few days, civilization, well, reality as we know it's been altered. It's shaken to its core, you might say, so I'm going to say it. I know, you know, we all know the pandemic has been that manky kid at the back of the class from the beginning, licking the snot, dripping down his face while he gets windburn from wiping his sleeve on it. <laughs> oh, and just when we're lulled into that sense of security, he, keep, he keeps on spitting with his homemade pea shooter, all his little feral germs at the back of our heads. And we yell out, Miss, he's doing it again. But the teacher's just a big old loaf of mouldy bread called Scott Morrison. The vaccine's <laughs> given us the equivalent of the virus being sent to the principal's office, you know, for a good paddling. But it seems that this bastard kid has just dropped his dax and shown us a full moon on the way out the door with this latest shocking development. Brace yourselves, because it's bad. There are KFC shortages. <sighs> Won't someone think of the children and me when I'm a little dusty? If those words don't make your piss boil faster than a hotel room kettle, then nothing on earth will. (laughs) This pandemic has meant it's not enough, there's not enough staff to process the chicken in the factories because everyone's got the fucking lurgy again. And I'd like to read a statement (laughs) I found on their website just to give some clarity to the conversation. Please do, yeah, yeah. Let's clear this right up. Here at KFC, your priority is our safety. In response to the Coalition's piss-poor management of the pandemic, we have been forced to introduce some new rules to select stores and our brand, specifically in New South Wales. Thank you, Dominic Parrott-Tits. Not only are we prevented from throwing open the doors to every bloody restaurant on every bloody corner in the known bloody universe where we can find a skeleton crew willing to work their guts out for us, a billion-dollar corporation, only if they'll take minimum wage, we're also out of wicked wings. Here at the Dirty Bird, we understand the upset, the fear, dare we say it, the grief that this will cause some of you when you're looking for a cheeky piece on the way home from the pub. We just cannot supply you the greasy bone that you're looking for. 
in light of this new direction, we are now in the process of rebranding the KFC you know and love to Can't Find Chicken. With a K, of course, because we all know, and in marketing reminded us, that CFC means something else entirely. At Can't Find Chicken, our new operation model will continue to look the same, only minus the joy of the artery-blocking deep-fried bird carcasses. We can still expect the underpaid, overworked children behind the counter, the same instant mashed potato in mystery gravy substance, and of course, the best chips ever invented on this godforsaken planet. We will continue to operate part-time under the hubris that anyone that comes into the KFC restaurant or drive through will likely eat anything we put in front of them out of sheer desperation, even our coleslaw. You get the picture, dear customer. We would appreciate your thoughts and prayers during this time. That is uh, that, that that's uh, that's mm. that's gripping stuff, Pepper. I can't believe they, they wrote that. That is uh, that's at least they're admitting the problem, uh, Lewis. At least they're admitting this. This is a big problem for them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, it. I mean, I'm not much of a KFC eater, but certainly um, I've felt the devastation around the nation. You know, you can feel the national mood is low. I was wondering, like, obviously, you've um, they've gone for the can't find chicken option. Uh, but I wondered if they could just change the second C to something they can find. So it's like Kentucky Fried, you know, chickpeas, Kentucky Fried cacao, just anything that's a bit more readily available, something that no one's picking yeah, up. Yeah, or, you know, a KFG, they've still got gravy, uh, so they could go mm. with that. Or, mm. you know, KMT, Kentucky Moist Towelette. Uh, that's, you know, that's something they definitely have. They definitely have moist towelettes. Travis? I actually think that this is possibly um, a scheme by Big McDonald's. Uh, a couple of yeah. weeks ago, brought Can they out, still make the McChicken? They brought out the the Big Mac chicken version a couple of weeks ago. So they've, yeah, they've yeah. and they're still doing it. I, I tested the waters, got one today. So <laughs> What are your thoughts, Travis? What are your thoughts? I think not. <laughs> yeah, some corporate espionage. That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting angle. As I guess, well, how's the supply chain affecting the 11 herbs and spices? Are they still all getting through? This is exactly what Sheepy said on YouTube. I was expecting to reduce 11 herbs and spices to three secret herbs and spices. This, mm. is, a, this is a big scandal, a big scandal. <laughs> I, I did try my McDonald's joke earlier today to my fiancé, who quite infamous, famously is, does not use the internet at all, and it fell kind of flat, mainly because <laughs> she was pretty depressed because that was the first time of her hearing about this whole oh, uh, no, KFC Travis. shortage. So I had to break oh, the no. news. <laughs> it was terrible. Can I just break the news to you then, Trav? And, and um, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but as of today, McDonald's have also released information that they are too suffering with the supply shortage. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. I mean, I mean, they're suffering in the supply shortage because they have a hamburglar that works for them, and, they, oh. and the hamburglar is stealing all the hamburgers. So it's an internal problem. My parents have chickens, <laughs> and I know a lot of people who have one or two chickens. Is this is this mm. the time to start um, reintroducing constri- conscription? So every Australian who <laughs> who has a chicken, um, maybe there's a lottery, uh, and every chicken whose birthday falls on the day that the ball comes out <laughs> is forced to hand it over to the colonel. Uh, who enlists it in the army uh, and then marches it straight over the hill into KFC. And, uh, and we can get some sort of pipeline from the suburbs uh, to, to the chicken restaurant. And, I mean, I would, for, I for one, I think um, we all know Scott Morrison is d- pretty desperate for an easy win right now. I think this is the time to reintroduce conscription for chickens. <laughs> Poor Hennifer. How, how are they going to know what? 
day is the chicken's birthday though? Because is it the same? Is it mm. the same as they do with horses, where all yeah. horses' birthdays uh, on, on the on same August day? First. Yeah. yeah. Or have you been uh, recording, Lewis? Have you been uh, you taking notes <laughs> on chicken's birthdays? <laughs> I'll ask some of the Steiner parents. If you, yeah, I think if you look inside the cloaca, the date of birth is stamped inside. So you just have to <laughs> open up, look inside every every cloaca, and write that down. That's that's. A, you, they see how many rings there are inside the clock. It's like a, a tree. You're listening to a rational fear. George has, as every as everybody has, a right to express their views. Do you endorse the views of this podcast? No, I don't watch his podcast. I tell you, I do watch. What's that? Watch the Teletubbies with the kids. That's good fun. Irrational fear. This week's second fear, cannabis could help fight COVID-19. Now, if you are not a big fan of respiratory viruses but don't mind other kind of respiratory illness, Travis DeBreez, I've got a question for you. Is dope our great hope for COVID? I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like there's a, a, a some sort of um, element inside cannabis that can stop COVID. Uh, yeah, it's just a study at the moment and it's just lab, um, lab based. So they haven't tested in humans yet, but um, <laughs> I'm happy to be um, on the front line on that one. Uh, but uh, a, uh, a lab has found that one of the non-psychoactive compounds found in uh Live cannabis plants, so not dead. You can't hunt them first. Got to bring them in live. Um, could help sabotage the spike protein uh, in coronaviruses. Um, so, look, they were saying that Omicron can be a way out of this. Dope. That's the way. The way to get out of this. We can <laughs> conscript some marijuana plants. Yeah, I think this is this is a this is boom time for cannabis, particularly uh, all around the world. There's people are talking about cannabis for many solutions for many things. It does feel like I mean, obviously, like Los Angeles is a a real hotbed of legalized marijuana at the moment, and particularly in the oil form, which is what you need to have it um, according to this study. And and let me tell you, LA has been getting lots of COVID. <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is big marijuana coming in to big corporate well, marijuana I, to come to be the next? Kind I had of- a little look into the study, and I had a look into the the guy who did the study, and uh, all of his previous studies are about the effects of marijuana on things. And now I I know that obviously when you are a you know a scientist, you probably do have a specialty, but it does feel like this guy's specialty is getting stoned and seeing what it fixes. Is this <laughs> Professor Cheech or Professor Chong? <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory about why. And, uh, well, it was a theory until Travis blew me out the water there <clears throat> with the psychoactive ingredient. I thought that perhaps you were so paranoid being stoned that you became an extreme germaphobe as opposed to just your average germaphobe. <laughs> I think it's just that you, you get so lazy that you end up in, in a sort of accidental lockdown because you just never leave the house and it stops the spread. <laughs> We've all been there, Lewis. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting, like, this is, uh, it's meant to be taken orally, like it's not meant to be smoked, but clearly people are going to be seeing these uh, this article and getting their smoke on to fix a respiratory or, or protect, protect them, as, as, protect protect them against a respiratory disease. <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, one kind of respiratory disease kind of outweighs another. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. That's fine. I'm kind of enjoying it. You know how there's a constant cycle in and so like news.com science section where like 
every three months they'll um, reverse their previous opinion on one glass of red wine a night or like <laughs> um, dark chocolate. It's just like we've just we've actually a new re- new researcher suggested that a bottle of wine a night can extend your lifespan by ten years, and then three months later, like a new research suggests. Um, you know, a bottle of wine a night will give you liver cancer. It's nice to just have something like we've been watching that for a, for two decades. It's nice to have a new ingredient in that mix. Yeah, I'm just waiting for blowjobs to help with COVID. That's what we're all hoping mm. for here. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay. uh, look, I'm I'm no doctor, but get on the bongs. <laughs> <laughs> Irrational fear. The Dokovic is a lying sneaky. Yeah. He's an asshole. <laughs> But I think I think he's going to get away with it. Oh, he is going to get away with it. Yeah, I think most fair-minded people would say that. Blake's an, an asshole. Your fear is rational. This week's third fear: the Australian Republican movement has moved forward with a new model in selecting head of state. It's called the Australian Choice Model. Now, this is not too dissimilar to the New Zealand Republican model called the New Zealand Choice As Model. It's very similar. In the process, state and territories will pull together a short list of candidates to be president, three from the federal parliament, then one from each state and territory. Then the public will vote on that short list. Now, I don't know about you, I can't see any problems with this with this model at all. Fearmongers, what do you think? Is this a good model as opposed to Australians voting for anyone outright? Lewis, what do you think about this? Can you can you talk me through that? So give me an example right now. Um, who who could they be picking? Well, the fe- I guess the, who would do the picking? Well, the fe- uh, politicians. I guess the the governments of each of each state and territory will pick one person, and then the federal parliament would pick three. So the federal parliament would probably pick John Howard, uh, Jim Molan. <laughs> um, mm, uh, some sure. other Aaron Molan, Aaron Molan, <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> and all then the Molans. yeah, all the Molan, the Molan family. It, they're, yeah. they're like the political uh, equivalent of the Hemsworths. Um, and yeah. and then you know the new, each state would pick their own person. So you know Victoria would pick uh, who? Who did Victoria pick, Lewis? I don't know, Dylan Alcott. <laughs> right, okay, great. Yeah, it's just the cast so, of so, so just, I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah, exactly. Does that have to be someone who is previously, is com- currently elected or do they just go? Anyone, the, any, know, any citizen. Anyone. Yeah, through this now model. Now I'm getting on board. So, yeah, through this model it's anyone. So the idea is is that um, Peter Fitzsimons, who is the chair of the Republican movement, said they only want like the most distinguished and respected and trusted citizens to become president. In his words, he says, people don't want a Trump-like figure they don't want a Shane Warne. They want an eminent person. But, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people would think Shane Warne is an eminent person. Look, if he can set a field, he can uh, he can, he can can set a parliament. <laughs> so, folks, do you have any – you, can you see any problems with this particular model? Pepper? Is it like the MySpace top five friends system? Is that what we're working <laughs> with here? <laughs> see, like, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of drama in the top eight. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm just hearing about it now for the first time. Right, for right, the okay. First, for one of the first times ever, I'd like to say I agree with Peter Fitzsimons. For the first right, time so that, ever. That, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't agree with Peter Fitzsimons, would you believe? Uh, so uh, I delved into the Daily Mail comment section, which is something you should, no one should ever oh, do wow, in the right, right. one. So you know, you've gone for the best and brightest. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know when they say join the conversation, you, it's not a conversation you ever want to join um, at the bottom of, of those web pages. This is great. Um, this is from Emma Starr. She says, I'm not interested in any of it. It all sounds completely complicated with zero benefits. He said people don't want a Trump-like figure and they don't want Shane Warne. They want an eminent person. Who is this person to tell the rest of us what we bloody want? I'm so sick of being told how to think by, think by rich people. Um, no one should tell Emma Starr. Uh, how rich the queen is, uh, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> also, the whole point of this is that we would get to decide. But I guess, yeah. I mean, we don't pick the shortlist, I guess, but we don't pick the shortlist now. This would be more of a choice than we currently have. Do we think this Travis, is um, think? famous bandana wearer, Peter, angling for a shot at the throne? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he has been a wallaby. Maybe he, maybe he thinks because he's running the Republican movement, he can become the president of Australia. I think judging from just the Daily Mail comments alone, um, he's not a very popular person <laughs> outside, of, <laughs> outside of the City Morning Herald bubble. I'd be more inclined for like a Hunger Games uh, style uh, election. If you genuinely go back through our, our past, <laughs> our recent prime ministers and, and think that through, the person who would probably still be Prime Minister if it was a Hunger Games situation is Tony Abbott. Oh. Now have a think about that and have a think if that's still the sort of system you want. He's I reckon, fit. He's fit. I reckon back up against the wall. Kevin could fight. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, sure. He's, if, he's got such soft hands. He would scrap. It, if, 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 if trying to choose president you had to play handball, Kevin versus Tony Abbott, I'd put money on Kevin mm. winning. That's smart, yeah. It's the ones with the soft hands you've got to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> think of Australia as 27 million people. Who do you think would rise to the top? Who would be, like, if they could vote for anyone as mass, who would, how would you congeal that into one person? Who would that be? This country is so shallow. It would be a Hemsworth for sure. <laughs> it'd be a Hemsworth. It'd be any of them. It'd be a, it'd, it'd become like the, the Kennedys. It'd become a, the Hemsworth dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> See, but now I'm sold on it though. Like this is yeah, exactly. I'm all for I think that. It's a really good idea. Thor, yeah. God of Thunder, president of Australia. They, Fuck yeah! I'm. I'm are, I'll follow him into the, the dark. The greatest. The greatest travesty here is that Russell Crowe is not Australian. This is the greatest travesty. <laughs> yeah. I reckon I reckon we can get him over the line. I mean, um, Barnaby Joyce is as Australian as Russell Crowe. Oh, that's true, yeah. But Russell Crowe doesn't have citizenship. That's the only thing. Yeah, get, we could make that happen. I'll, I'll, get, I will marry him, him for, and get him some citizenship. <laughs> You're a good man, Travis. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. <laughs> just imagine him at the UN just being like, husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son, and I will have my vengeance. At this UN or or the next summit, <laughs> it'd be great. Everyone would be terrified. I'd love every minute. <laughs> I, I think we've already got a pretty good system for picking president in Australia. It's called the Logies. Um, so I, I don't think you know. I don't know if we need another system. I mean, Hamish Blake would clearly walk away with so, becoming. Oh, Hamish Lisa McKeane twisted him. Yeah, the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls era. I mean, that would mean currently our leader would be Tom Gleeson. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something we could all get on board yeah. with. I'm really on board with this. I think I think it's a great idea. I think it creates some uh, some excitement. I think it makes elections much more thrilling. I don't know, like, if we elect, say, you know, it, on the Logie system, we do we have Asha Ketty is our new um, prime minister. Um, 
once we have Asha, do like who does she answer to? Who's in her party room? Sophie. There's Monk. no one. <laughs> she's a brain's trust. Just, yeah. <laughs> Sophie Monk, uh, uh, Abby from The Bachelor, uh, Brooke Blurton. Uh. <laughs> because I do worry that um, without without any sort of you know without any party without any cabinet, it, it would be um, it would be largely ceremonial. I, it, it is largely ceremonial. The, the the role of president in this new system is is that they don't do pretty much anything. You know, think of what. Scott Morrison does now, that's the kind of role that the president oh. would do. Like nothing. <laughs> like they wouldn't do anything. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're it's a, it's the governor general position. It's right? the governor it's general not actually, position. Okay. Okay. Yeah, their, so their, main job, their main job is to go around to scout halls and open up um uh, and cut ribbons and you know open up new expressways and stuff like that. Going to the opening of an envelope. Yeah. Going to the opening of yeah. an envelope. Yeah. Well, now I mean now I'm with the Daily Mail commenters, which again is not a position I want to be in. This is a waste of time. No <laughs> one needs to bother showing up to elect our Governor General. No one gives a shit who the Governor General is. But I think we should bring that system in for our Prime Minister. Yeah, a lot of people on the Daily Mail webpage also agree with that sentiment indeed, uh, including Lockdown Suck from Nowhere Land Australia who says, OMG, Lisa and Hubby idiots, why do they feel need, why, do, why do they feel the need to tell us lower class people what they are thinking? Next they'll inform Australia of their bowel movements. Was glad to see Lisa leave the Today Show. Pete is the new Mr Hanky. Christmas poop. Well, there you go. These are, th- these, this is the real Christ. Australia. The Daily Mail is the real Australia. Fuck me. <laughs> you know what? It is a short, sharp week here on Irrational Fear. A big thank you to all of the people who've joined us. Also, we're just because we're just getting back into it, I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. This is the thing that keeps us going. We've we've got a, quite a few of them now. We're up to 302, 302 from two years ago when we started the Patreon. Um, and we also now have 7,000 listeners, which is amazing. So, And 85% of those listeners come back. So that's roughly... 5,900 people who are listening week after week. So that's over about 5% of our listeners are Patreon supporters. Supporting the 95% of you who don't pay, you cheapskates. Uh, so please, <laughs> if you are listening to this and you're part of the 95%, jump on board. Um, become part of us. Help us grow a rational fear. Because this is an election year, we want to do a whole bunch of crazy stuff, um, stuff that I can't talk about because it's plausible deniability for Lewis so he doesn't have to lose his job. Uh, okay. And, yeah, so please go to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear and chip in for as little as five bucks a month and we can make more videos and more uh, podcasts just like this. Excellent. And if you are listening to this and you have an empty office in Sydney's East and would love me to be there three days a week making videos out of it, let me know. Hit me up uh, on my DMs on social media because uh, we're looking for a YouTube space for the next few months. Um, that I is- literally think you could walk into any office in <laughs> Sydney and it would be empty. Nobody's oh, using yeah. offices. Or any KFC for that matter. If you've got a spare KFC <laughs> uh, with a few free, few rooms free, let me know. Um, we could build out a little studio in the corner there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're not opposed to that at all. Um, we could do cash for comment. That is it for Rational Fear. Big thank you to all of our fear mongers for tonight. Travis DeVries, Pepper Smith and Lewis Hobber. Travis, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I'd love to plug uh, another Awesome Black show, which is the um, Awesome Black is the podcast company that I run, uh, First Nations podcast company. Um, you can support them if you want, stealing stealing Dan's audience. But I'd love to uh, plug Trash Titters, uh, which is one of our new shows um, uh, with 
three cool girls, Brooke, Amy, and my sister Tully, uh, who are talking shit about all things, uh, mostly trash TV. That sounds totally ideal. Pepper, you've been on Trash Titters. Do you want to plug anything? No, except for Trash Titters. I really do like going <laughs> on there and hanging shit on everyone else. So it's it's a good feeling. It, it gives me that outlet that I need as a mother. Uh, you know, can't take your anger out on the children. That's illegal. So I go on <laughs> Trash Titters. I talk shit and I feel good. I feel good. So, yeah. Pepper, when can people hear your podcast? It's coming out soon, right? March? March, April, somewhere around that mark. So, yeah, just working with production at the moment. All right, great. And what's it called? Yama Mama, which means excellent. hello, Mama, in my language, the Gamilaroi people. Big thank you to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, Patreon supporters, Rupert Dagas on The voiceover, Jake Brown on the Teppanyaki Timeline, and new Patreon members this week, Miles Page, Charlie, uh, Wilfred O'Donnell, Suzette Markel, Franley, John OVDP, Ash Kidd, Dyramid McCoy, and uh, a big farewell to all the Patreon subscribers who, who, who quit us when <laughs> they heard Alan Jones was hosting a show. Sorry about that. You should have clicked through. It was a very funny episode, probably the best episode of the year. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Oh, Lewis, do you want to plug anything? Uh, oh, yeah, why not? If, if there's anyone listening for the very first time, uh, I don't often plug my other stuff because I just figure, I don't know. Uh, but I do do a radio show on Triple J every uh, weekday from 3pm. It's called Hobber and Hing. You can listen to that. And we have another podcast uh, called Simply the Jest, which is a very different podcast to this. It is uh, basically Australians calling in from around the country and telling us their really crook stories on a topic we pitch each week. And it is, it's the real Australia, Dan. It's uh, more crook than a Daily Mail comment section. Yes, the Daily Mail comment section coming to you live on (laughs) on Simply the Jest. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.